0: Hello, my name is O.J. Shabazz, and I'm privileged to be the minister to the Harlem Church of Christ in New York City, New York. We meet at the corner of 127th and Lennox Avenue. On yesterday, I had the good fortune of inviting one and all to join me on this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. to begin a multi-part series of Facebook Live messages that I've chosen to entitle Revelation inspiration, and the illumination of the Word of God, fact or fiction. I also asserted in that video that I would not begin this series until Saturday, 2 p.m., and perhaps at the latter end of that series, it would be my endeavor to attempt to answer a few of the alleged contradictions and alleged errors of the New Testament Bible. I suppose that my passion for this is that I am cognizant of the fact that in order to uh, dismantle the credibility of New Testament Christianity, one must attack the truthfulness of the verbal plenary inspiration of the Word of God. That has aroused, I confess, to some degree, a passion of mine, for I uh, unapologetically stand in defense of the verbal plenary inspiration of the Word of God. Last night, before going to bed, I happened to be perusing uh, Facebook and ran across what I thought was a very valid and interesting question, uh, albeit the question was uh, framed uh, with the air of a charge or yet another charge against uh, the credibility of the Bible. It in fact stated that Matthew, the gospel, in the gospel according to Matthew, was in error in Matthew 27, 9, and 10 when he quotes Jeremiah the prophet when in actuality it was Zechariah who made the prophecy and offered that as evidence and proof that this is yet another error recorded in the Bible. I would like to suggest to you with all humility that Matthew is not at all in error, nor is there a contradiction or a mistake in Matthew 27, 9 and 10 when he quotes the prophet Jeremiah. Ladies and gentlemen, I would caution you to be aware of the fact that while reading the Bible, you are reading, number one, about a Eastern culture and not a Western culture. Number two, you are reading a genre of writing that permeates out of a Jewish culture. And there are many idioms, there are many practices that were very accepted during that time that is vastly different from the Western civilization. I've read what scholars have had to say about uh, the alleged era of Matthew 27, 9, and 10 over the years. I'm cognizant of the theological argument from some scholars that Eusebius uh, takes the position that the Jews many years ago took uh, this portion of Isaiah out of the manuscripts because they viewed it as error, never was there anything to substantiate the fact that Eusebius had any credibility whatsoever to his assertion. I'm aware of the fact that there are those who have taken the position that chronologically speaking, uh, Jeremiah wrote first, and Zechariah wrote letter later, therefore, Matthew quoted Jeremiah and not Zechariah. I really do not feel personally in my limited research and study that there's ever been any conclusive evidence to prove that there is validity to that position whatsoever. Uh, I would I had more time to go into the other theories that relate to the alleged error of Matthew 27, 9, and 10. But let me quickly simply suggest to you with as much clarity as I possibly can that what one sees in Matthew 27, 9, and 10 is what is called a composite reference. Composite, the combining of two. Reference, a stating of. What Matthew does is a composite reference. He, one writer, gives a report of what both Jeremiah and Zechariah says, and Matthew attributes the prophecy to Jeremiah. Now, Brother Shabazz, what in the world makes you think there's any validity to the notion of a composite reference? Well, simply this. Uh, number one, uh, Zechariah says absolutely nothing about the buying of a field, yet Jeremiah does in Jeremiah 32, 6 to 8. Jeremiah, on the other hand, says absolutely nothing about the detail of 30 pieces of silver and the money being thrown down to the floor, but Zechariah does in Zechariah eleven thirteen. Minister, what are you saying? I'm saying that the fact and the truth of the matter is there are things that Zechariah says that Jeremiah does not, and there are things that Jeremiah says that Zechariah does not, and so Matthew takes both prophecies and combines them and attributes in what is called a component reference to one writer. Well, Brother Shabazz, if that has any validity, why then did not he just say Jeremiah and Zachariah said? Well, again, I want to suggest to you that the notion of composite reference was not a strange animal, if you will, to their culture and to their time. Number two, I want to suggest to you that in their culture and at that time, Jeremiah was recognized as a major prophet, whereas Zechariah was a minor prophet. In their culture, the designation of being a major prophet bore a tremendous amount of influence. I am in no wise suggesting that Zechariah was inspired in a lesser way or that they had lesser respect. Nonetheless, it does not repudiate the fact that in their culture and in their thinking and in their time when a major prophet was brought to evidence, it garnered the immediate attention of the would-be hearers or the receivers of those writings. This is not complicated. It is simply a composite reference. It is the taking of, of Jeremiah and Zechariah's prophecy and Matthew reporting in a composite reference and assigning the prophecy to Jeremiah. Again, I want to suggest to you that the undisputable and undeniable fact of the matter is Zechariah says nothing about a field. Jeremiah says nothing about 30 pieces of silver, so Matthew had to take information from both accounts, not that he made a mistake about it or an error in it, but he combines and in uh, a genre to which they were accustomed in their culture, he makes what is called a composite reference. Down through the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years There are no records or documentation of the then culture having controversy over an alleged error, not with sustainability, without credibility, has one been able to make that assertion. However, in more modern times, in these surges and searches, to find something with which to indict the credibility of the Bible, these kinds of objections are raised. Of Matthew did not make an error, and it is clear that both Jeremiah and Zechariah's information are combined in a composite reference by Matthew. Matthew knew what he was doing, the people in that culture knew what he was doing, understood what he was doing, and I'm persuaded had no problem which brought indictment against the credibility of his report. That's just one. I Again, I had not intended to do this. Um, I heard a, 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 an attempt or two to address this. I'm not sure that the question was acceptably answered. Perhaps it was. Nonetheless, I wanted to give you the fruit of my research. In uh, my presentation at the end on uh, Saturday, if the God of our salvation is willing, I will give you uh, some references to study of men who have given their life to studying Methuen, uh writing, his style, wh- 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 what he does and how he treats the prophecies of Jeremiah in chapter two and verse seventeen, and how he treats the prophecies of Isaiah in Isaiah four, 4 rather in Matthew four fourteen, and Matthew eight seventeen, and Matthew twelve seventeen. But I beg of you, ladies and gentlemen, we must wrap our minds around the fact that we are studying yet another language, another culture, another time, and we cannot westernize uh, in our view of this very critical and holy document. Uh, a mindset that uh, is so vastly different from the one in which it was written. Well, my time is is gone. I want to thank you for giving uh, me the time. I look forward with great anticipation to seeing you on this coming Saturday, God willing, at two o'clock, the revelation, inspiration, and illumination of the word of God, fact or fiction. May the God of salvation bless you and may he bless you real good. Thank you.